Surprise! You might think you're lost because it's Friday and you hear my voice and you're like, what the fuck, what dimension, what universe are we on? You're not lost. You might as well, my man, be found. And this mini-sode might as well be a one-off gig, so enjoy it until you can. This is your host Maya and this is still BAM, but it's not just any episode of BAM. This is True Crime Top Chef. And for those of you who are equally morbid as me, no, I don't give you recipes for like cannibalism and shit. No, 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 no. This wonderful idea came to me just before going to bed one night and I was like, well, fuck it. (laughs) It might be the dumbest idea that I have ever thought of, but you sure as hell can bet on that that means that it hasn't been done before because I listened to about 100 something podcasts and also I checked, okay? Which again is pretty much a guarantee promising you how bad and dumb this is gonna be. So, when I was thinking about what could be my minisode, you know, if I was to have two episodes a week, you know, one for Monday to help you out with a week and, you know, put some humor out there because everybody fucking hates Mondays and I hate that feeling. And then another one on a Friday because, again, I hate the feeling that everybody's happy on a Friday. Why can't everybody just love their jobs and be happy all the fucking time consistently? So that explains the timings, but I was thinking, what would I do? You know, other people do listener stories, hometowns, creepy pastas. I was like, what can be my thing? I know, I know what I'm obsessed with. I know what tells everybody about their character and personalities more than anything else. Last meals. That's it. This is the top chef part of this fucking title. So I'm gonna discuss a person, well, a serial killer, because that's how they ended up on the death row in the first place. Sort of like roughly about bits and pieces from their childhood, bits and pieces about like their murders and their victims and stuff, and then try to guess what kind of last meal they chose and judge them on it. Were they a basic bitch or a classy Nancy? Nobody ever said classy Nancy in their fucking life, Maya. But as this is a first time, as we are losing our fucking last meal virginity here, Again, this is the very last thing I thought about before going to sleep. So, obviously, I had questions that, again, I find that nobody ever answered that are related to last meal. So this is how I'm gonna start this episode because I'm a fucking Nazi who likes structure. Fucking lives for that shit. I'm not a Nazi. That's just bad comparison to begin with. Bad. Don't cancel this podcast, please. So, we'll answer questions like, what is death row, you know, when do they have this last meal, what kind of options do they have, are there any restrictions, why do they exist, because I think that was the question that was immediately on my mind and constantly during this whole thing, like, why do we give prisoners this option, like, or this luxury, really, to have this last meal, and are they still a thing? And then the top chef part of this begins, where I'm gonna cover three serial killers, you know, in these bits and pieces, like I said. So, Lego, Lego, Lego. So, the first and basic thing. Last meals are given only to the death row inmates, those people that are awaiting execution, whichever kind of execution it is. So it's not just your typical last meal that you eat in the fucking prison canteen, you actually have some sort of choice. So once the execution date is finalized, then this prisoner goes through the customary ritual where they are allowed to have their last meal of their choice. It has to be within reason. Usually what that means is that they can't have alcohol and cigarettes and that they have a budget. So definitely not as cool as you might have thought. Like, Or as that person that interviewed me once asked me <laughs> to choose my last meal and I went bowling. I was like, damn right, I'm gonna spend like a hundred fucking dollars for this thing. Nope. 
I have found two digits. So in Florida, the food cutoff point is 40 quid. Sorry, $40. And in Oklahoma, the cost is limited to $15. So they, they are a bit stingy in Oklahoma. <laughs> And you again think like this is such a cool thing, but unorthodox or unavailable requests are replaced with substitutes. So again, if you fucking want a lobster and they don't have lobster that time, they're gonna be like, oh yeah, octopus is great. Nope, this is unacceptable. <laughs> I would legit be like, I'm about to die, bitch. Why are you doing me dirty this time? Also, there are all these odd bits and pieces that kind of apply to different states. So like in Louisiana, the prison warden can join the condemned prisoner for the last meal. And this is kind of like a tradition thing with them. And in certain states, they can actually choose to share their last meal between inmates or, you know, the prison guards or whoever they want to. Which again, this is the person, okay, whoever does this, trust me, is that person who was like, I live for teamwork, I'm not an individual, I need teamwork to like belong and to exist. Because again, last meals tell you more than a fucking horoscope, okay? They tell you everything, they tell you how you live your fucking life. Also in Florida, the food has to be purchased locally, so you can't just be like, oh, what I would do is like, I want a meal that is from, you know, back home, like I want a traditional Serbian meal, either make it or fucking go back home and bring it to me via flight. Yeah, they can't do that. And what I definitely didn't know is that these meals are usually actually made by prisoners themselves, so whoever has the task to work in the kitchen as a chef at that particular point. Which is risky, like imagine if that fucking person hated you. I bet, you know what? I bet there must have been cases where like the prisoner actually hated you and that they made a last meal and like poisoned you just to fuck with you. <laughs> Even though it's like your execution date. Are there cases of that? Does anybody know? Cause I would fucking love to hear those. Now, of course, there is somebody who has even more passion about this than me. So there's a fucking legend that made a study of 247 last meals. Whoever this person is, I, I love you, okay? Between 2002 and 2006, the stats that we know from this, the average meal comes in at 2,756 calories. Man, this is... Some people are just bowling. They're like, fucking give me everything. It's my last meal. It's not like I need to lose weight from tomorrow. But four requests from Texas and Oklahoma, Oklahoma strikes again for some reason, were estimated to have gone beyond 7,000. People are just like, until they vomit, they just eat until the last minute, they're like, nope, I'm gonna sit here. Imagine also how huge that thing needs to be. It's like, nope, this is me. I'm gonna be in fuck you mode for hours here eating this fucking last meal and you can't do shit. You gotta wait outside to fucking execute me. I love the fuck you attitude of people. 70% of the prisoners asked for fried food. Again, comfort food. You see, this is why it's called comfort food. Mm -hmm. I Yeah, the, the expression was coined from this particular study. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Many requested specific brands, 16% of people ordered coke, but three inmates wanted diet coke. You just know those are some basic ass bitches. It's like the Ted Bundys of this fucking world. They're like, no, 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 sorry, it's the last meal. Give me a huge pizza and uh, a freaking diet coke. It's your fucking last meal. Sh shut the fuck up. <laughs> now for this next section, which I called why the fuck do they exist? Again, the politeness is my strongest fucking suit. Which kind of, I wanted to go into the history, but there is so little out there on the freaking history. And the most I found was from Texas again. So the first known recording of this practice was in the Sumerian code of Yurnamu. What the fuck? 
back in 22nd century BCE. So, you know, before Christ. Who the fuck was recording this before Christ, yo? Roman gladiators were treated to a large feast before they were inevitably slaughtered in the arena and the Aztecs used to eat the people that they sacrificed. So, you know, <laughs> we kind of uh, moved on from that, at least. Luckily, hopefully. Hopefully they don't fucking cannibalize you after they execute you, but yeah. And the earliest last meal in the US I could find was in Texas in 1924. The same year the Texas replaced the gallows with an electric chair and the state took over execution from individual counties. So basically, I found, I think it was in like ancient, ancient France, that they still kind of allowed like a bit of alcohol, so like a shot of rum or something, even when the gallows were still present, so like before they were to hang you. But as the execution methods progressed, so did um, the habits and uh, the administration around it. Hence why last meals were introduced. Oh, I love saying hands. Hands is my favorite, one of my favorite words ever. I just love saying it in like the most informal conversation. <laughs> and now last meals are centralized and standardized as a custom of condemned inmates. However, Texas was the one that doesn't actually allow last meals, so again, it really depends state by state. And condemned inmates in Texas get a standard meal before execution, which again, how fucking sad. <laughs> they were like, nah, we ain't spending no more money on you fuckers. Now, on to the section. Why the fuck are we giving the last meal? to prisoners. This has a couple of ideologies, okay? Some of them are more out there, more philosophical than the others, and some of them are kind of like, yeah, it's pretty much because of this. The most prevalent and the one that I first thought of was to show that the state is above the criminals, right? It's to show that even though, you know, the person committed a crime, we are not actually at, well, their level, <laughs> even though you're executing them, but okay. So you're resolving, like, the capital offense with the capital offense, but okay. At least, you know, we are offering them a last meal. Look how great we are. So there's this kind of ideology that by giving them the last meal, you kind of remain as a state a level of dignity and compassion. And it is extending to the condemned that he didn't show to his or her victims. Now you can again push that to be like, hey, it's, we're giving last bit of control to this prisoner. And because these modern executions already are conducted according to strict timetables and rigid rules, with like minimal deviation from those, this last freedom of choice can be important to the prisoners, because they can be, as we know, sitting on death row for however many years, it could be like 20 years and over. This is your last bit of freedom. Choose your meal because everything else was out of your hands anyways. Now, obviously, everybody's favorite was the religious aspect of it. In the Christ's Last Supper, as a reference and a parallel to this modern day choosing of the final menu, it also symbolizes a prisoner making peace with their executioners, breaking bread with them in the same way that Christ invited Judas to the Last Supper. I swear to God. <laughs> in Louisiana, which is apparently strongly a religious southern state, there's this warden that always invites the prisoners to eat the last meal with him. Which, well, what a bummer. And they can apparently invite guests. Like, they can choose not to accept. But this is such a bummer case. Like, yeah, I want to go and eat my fucking 
fucking last meal with the warden of the prison. Just let me eat with my buddies, man. Let me eat with my homies. Well, so then, do these homies get the same fucking meal? Because how does that logic work? They probably don't. And technically, they are privileged to it as well, which kind of fucks with this whole logic of why this exists in the first place, right? Am I the only one to see some flaws and loopholes in this shit? Okay, now we are kind of moving on to the most out there theories. So, religion aside, maybe you believe in superstition. Maybe you believe if you don't fucking feed this prisoner well, they're gonna be executed. Yep, you're gonna hang this person and then they're gonna return as ghosts. Mm, hear me out. So the quality of the final meal is also believed to influence the likelihood of this. So, you see, if you don't listen out to them, if they don't spend the whole 30-40 quid, splashed it out on them, eat some quality ass meal, they're gonna come haunt you for life. It's truth. It's it's on paper. <laughs> it's on Apple Notes, okay? Just, I love this. I love the prospect of this so much. <laughs> also, if you ever want to watch Execution that will haunt you for life, just watch Handmaid's Tale. Just in general. But yeah, there is one episode because they make them look at the person being hung. You will never think about Executions in the same way ever again. It's insane. That show, like, I needed a breather after every single episode. And I research this shit every fucking day, okay? <laughs> And now the most out there thing that I have read, I think this was either like Reddit or Quora or one of those fucking forums, okay. <laughs> I went deep in this. So, this is the guy that just hated the world on that day. It was like, nah, I'm getting a shade as fuck prisoners, why do we pay for them to have a last meal? So they said that this idea grew from paganism and members of the tribe that would sacrifice the victim to the gods. So obviously then, you know, naturally, doesn't even have to be mentioned, as a gesture of appreciation for the individual giving up their life to appease the gods, so, you know, whichever, rain for the harvest, you know, la di da da you know, I know so much about paganism. They would reward the victim with a luxurious last meal before towing them into the fucking volcano, putting them in the ocean, you know, just fucking sacrificing them in the most weirdest way. So, uh, yeah, there's that. That's definitely where it comes from. <laughs> I actually didn't know that they would, like, give them luxurious meal before they would fucking sacrifice the victim. But then, yeah, I never covered the tribe, have I? I don't know shit about tribe. Also, a fun fact that I sort of found when I was researching this. Remember how I said that usually the chefs behind these last meals, chefs under, you know, inverted commas, are actual prisoners? I was thinking, like, is this some form of rehab then for them? You know, or can they use it as some form of rehab? So there's this guy called Brian Price, who was the chef that prepared over 300 last meals. Who would probably be the sick person to interview for this freaking mini-sode, but hey, I'm not that um, famous. <laughs> I don't know if he's alive, actually, don't look him up. But I would like to know what you think, like, do you actually think there is something in there? Because I'm also thinking, why would you prepare this many last meals unless, you know, it's kind of like your thing and you volunteer to do it every single time? Because it is really morbid as well, because you know it's a last meal, because you know it's special food, etc. as well, that they buy locally and then deliver as a special freaking delivery. So do prisoners see something in this as well, where they see it as a rehab or like a form of reformation? And then just milk it, maybe. To each their own, you know, you gotta find your purpose wherever you are, even if it is in freaking prison. But yeah, to sum up this section, I mean, I still think every single one of these is still to show, even if you think it is paganism, even if you think there's religious bit to it, like, it is to show that the justice system is still above the person committing the crime. 
it's always gonna be us versus them isn't it because even when the person is on the freaking death row we still want them to be thinking like yep yeah, you couldn't give this mercy to your victims but look at us we are so much better than you and we are giving you the mercy and then we're gonna go execute you still regardless but hey enjoy your last meal bye now to the segment that's called are there still a thing if anybody wants to contribute jingles to these things because again like the royalty free music out there is very limited okay fun fact 60 percent of the world population lives in countries where the death penalty is retained we are progressing so quickly this coronavirus is solving everything really truly honestly not the quick recap of this is by the way well apart from texas wherever the death penalty is a thing and wherever there is a death row usually there is a last meal you know unless some states go rogue or texas and they're like no we're cheap bye and this might be because texas is actually the state most likely to sentence a convict to death i mean i covered that fucking robbery in texas where there was a dead robber award what are we even on about like you just this comes as like no surprise so in 2011 they said goodbye to the last meals entirely but not just that, it is because one person took a piss. And this is so mind-fucking-boggling, because if we are showing that the state is above the prisoner, then how would we disaffected that one person takes a piss and like the senator just abolishes it all? So there was this dude called... Where the fuck is he? Called Lawrence Brewer, who was a white supremacist. Look, look what he ordered for his last meal. Where is it? It's so long, by the way. It's long. Two chicken fried steaks with gravy and sliced onions, gross. A triple patty bacon cheeseburger. A cheese omelette with ground beef, tomatoes, onions, bell peppers and jalapenos. A bowl of fried okra and ketchup, the fuck is okra. One pound of barbecued meat with half a loaf of white bread. <laughs> Free fajitas, that's just more bread, bitch. A meat lover's pizza. One pint of blue bell ice cream. A slab of peanut butter fudge with crushed peanuts. And three root beers, I swear. This is like, this is beyond 7,000 calories. This is just not, <laughs> not even cool. Shockingly, he didn't eat it all. So the senator at the time was pissed and he was successful at abolishing the last meal as a whole concept. Maybe you can just, you know, follow uh, what other states are doing and set a budget because I feel like this would kind of go beyond any of those budgets and then you can control it that way. No, no, nothing like that, Texas. Who am I to judge? Well... We're gonna see because we are going to the everybody's favorite section. Serial killers and what was on the last menu. Serial killers and what was on the last menu. Hit me up with a jingle. Let's go. Okay, as a first person, I chose the one that I actually know what he ordered for the last meal. This is the only one because, well, it's a popular last meal, but also I kind of use this as a fun fact. <sighs> Listen, one of the startups I work for does this bullshit thing like where they do a welcome breakfast and then you say a fun fact about yourself or you can choose like a fun fact usually everybody's like ah you know in this business this is how much they're profiting some weird shit and maya just didn't even introduce herself i was just like hey so john wayne gacy's last meal was and the poor person starting on the day just looked at me like it's that type of person is the true crime freak okay okay just smile and pretend like you understand just nod and smile Bits from Gacy's childhood. He grew up with an alcoholic father who would beat the shit out of him for misbehaving and because Gacy was clearly gay from the very young age. So everything that his dad perceived as um, misbehaving and, you know, as, you know, not super heterosexual, you beat the shit out of him. He obviously beat his mother as well. And, of course, if Gacy was to cry, he would get even more pissed off. So Gacy just stopped crying at some point. 
Now, what was he imprisoned for? Well, glad that you asked, because again, it is one of the more famous things. He killed and raped about 33 young men and then hid them under like the board on his porch. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was such a great day for the police force when they found that out. And then he even used like fucking Febreze and like those weird shits to cover up the smell. Listen, it's a 33 kids underneath your porch. Febreze won't work. Something stronger is needed for that. And I don't think you can just look it up online to like find what can cover up the smell of this many people. I don't think this is how it works. I don't think they advertise it like that. Just imagine those commercials on the dark web, you know, Febreze 2.0. Covering the smell of teenage boys only for serial killers. Listen, inappropriate, inappropriate. Cut this out. Don't cancel this podcast. I don't know if this guy still listens to this podcast, but like, I used to work again with a, such a great character. And then we would reenact like weird commercials. And, was, and like, it would usually be something really basic. Like, how would you sell toilet paper if we were in like 80s and 90s? And it would always be just like, yeah, what you can do with one piece of toilet paper. Look, it's like your butt never felt so soft. We kind of go like, always ultra <laughs> fucking pads commercials to just like yeah this is um, the transition how you would you sell toilet paper you can wear white underwear on any day of this week <laughs> this is why I don't have television because I can't handle commercials so he was to be put to death in Illinois by lethal injection at the age of 52 prior to his conviction he managed three KFC restaurants so obviously that kind of already gives you kind of a gist of what he is going to have for his last meal. Because usually what you're going to pick up on these is that people go to what they're familiar with. This is why everybody kind of goes to fried food because they know what it tastes like, they know what they can expect and it's kind of like comfort food that they have ate at some point in their life. And it's also like the food that reminds you of like the good times. So his last meal was a bucket of original recipe KFC, french fries and a pound of strawberries. Boy, that must have been like a farty party when he went to that fucking execution room to be executed. And yet again, you can have a fuck you moment because you just like spray those fuckers with farts. Like, yeah, you're killing me. I'm killing your fucking no <laughs> sense of smell, okay? Also, if I remember right, this was made public by the managers of the KFC because they were like, yeah, listen, oh my god, like, Casey, who used to work for us, it's his execution day, he just requested this for his last meal. You know what's one person's shame? It's another person's pride. You see? Stuff you learn on this podcast. So, what do we think about this meal? Let's uh, judge it in it. <laughs> this is why we are here, for fuck's sake. I think it was his last way to express himself. His last way to go back to who he truly was, where he truly was his best self, you know, while managing those fast food restaurants. He went for the original recipe. He was like, this is the OG, this is what I live on, this was my life. This is when I was my be- at my best and my strongest. I liberated myself from my dad. I was fucking managing these people, I was the boss man, and then that pound of strawberries was just the F you, you know, it was just for the farts. And maybe he just really fucking loved fruits, okay? I definitely incorporate fruits in my last meal, I need a bit of dessert. Now, second place, let's do this. Well, I thought I should cover a terrorist, Timothy McQuay. Just because I was like, what would a terrorist's last meal be? How fucking intensity of a lifetime. And then, in my mind, immediately, even without reading any of this, I was like, this last meal is going to be the complete opposite. Because you can't just live intensely throughout this whole thing. It's going to be like something fucking weird and just complete opposite, right? Right. So, Timothy McQuay, childhood facts. 
So once his parents divorced, he lived with his dad, developed like this unhealthy interest in guns through target practice session with his granddad. Then he got into neo-Nazis and read the Turner Diaries. And this book described the bombing of a federal building and just fueled his fucking paranoia about the government and their plots. And we know where this is leading. He was like a failed army man who obviously just wanted to be somebody, wanted to be in the military, but never succeeded. And uh, yep, then uh, went to commit the Oklahoma City bombing. So his death sentence was lethal injection at the age of 33. This is fucking insane how young this guy was. He was sentenced to death because of 168 counts of murder. I'm gonna cover this guy one day, but yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. So as I said, this was gonna be something completely opposite from the intensity of his life, and weird. And yes, yes, it was. McWay requested two pints of mint chocolate chip ice cream. This is disgusting. <laughs> In the true true crime top chef fashion, this is disgusting. First of all, people who just eat mint ice cream on the reg or just in general ever. What is your problem? How does it not taste like fucking mouthwash or like toothpaste to you? Why do you do this? Please explain your fucking selves. And what goes through your brain? Are you a fucking terrorist? Why do you do this? I'm gonna get emails, hate emails from this. I do not care. Also, it's not just mint. It's mint and chocolate chip. I feel like Gordon Ramsay needs to be called in this case. You know, this is a case of emergency. Somebody please consult this person. Also, how much is two pints? No, no, no. Let's listen. Look at this. Fuck my life. Two pints is like almost... It's over 100 milliliters. That's like two tubs of freaking Haagen-Dazs or Benadryl. Oh my god. This is insane. This is intense and not intense. Like, what is wrong with this guy? I mean, obviously a lot of things. But clearly, clearly something is very wrong for you to choose that amount of mint chocolate chip ice cream. Now, what does this meal tell you about the person? Let's just assess that for a quick second. They lived their whole fucking life as a neo-Nazi, yes. And uh, clearly intense, but wrong kind of intense, okay? There's the kind of intense where you're like, oh my god, you're energetic and it's all positive energy and you drink shit ton of caffeine and then start a podcast because it seems like a good idea. And then, you know, because your thoughts at night are like this and then you start to fucking Minnesota last meals. And then there's the kind of fucking intense where you kill 168 people and um your fucking last meal choice is also very dubitable, very um, questionable. Now we go to number three, everybody's favorite, Ted Bundy. I hate this guy so much. So Bundy had a pretty basic life, well, before he actually started killing, but he was jealous of like his mom's new relationship, so like of the stepfather. It was just always a mommy's boy, always a red flag. Always. If you're a bit too attached to your mom and you're like really jealous of who she's fucking, maybe there's maybe any therapy, sir. But I mean, definitely on a scale of like bad childhoods, definitely not like the worst fucking childhood. Yeah, he would argue with his freaking stepfather, but then again, nothing that would justify him being like escalating. To rape, to necrophilia, to prison escape, to that whole fucking attacks in that college dorm. Like 35 counts murder, that's what he was convicted with and then sent to death row 
in Florida by electric chair. At the age of 43, again, just life wasted. Fuck it. I know I can bet on my fucking life. Okay, no, don't bet fiber. Don't bet on your life. I can bet a fiber. I don't bet above a fiber. <laughs> that, that escalated like you can bet on my life too. Like I can bet on a fiber. As to that his last meal was basic as shit. Let's do this. Let's let's Google this shit. Pandi declined the special meal, of course, of course, because in his head he's special enough for the meal. So he was given the traditional last meal, steak cooked medium rare, already basic enough, eggs, hash browns, toast with butter and jelly, why? No. <laughs> milk and juice. Oh god, the combination of milk and juice in the same meal. What is this? Truly, what is this? It's like... <sighs> It's like a really bad hotel breakfast, but then you just wouldn't mix those things in the same fucking breakfast. You would eat like milk with cereal and then like drink juice on the side. You wouldn't do this. Why would you have milk and juice as the options? Again, unless you fucking wanna have diarrhea on the electric chair, man. What do we think about this last meal? Nothing special to it. Literally, there's no even like a fuck you moment. I'm just like, this is such a basic non-existent life. Such a basic life and it's such a basic choice for such, like for the last meal. No imagination, like if you refuse the, li the special meal, you just know. This person has no fucking imagination, nothing to him, nothing special. Why do we still talk about this guy? Why is he still covered in every fucking podcast? <sighs> Why are we still talking about him right now? KFC, you win. I mean, clear, clear cut, <laughs> clear cut. Even the tiny bit of fuck you think will always win. This is supposed to be 20 minutes, My, uh, I swear to god. Brevity of expression, I'm getting there guys, I'll get there. So, as I mentioned, this might be a once in a lifetime episode, okay? Or depending on you, it is heavily dependent on you if you want to push this and keep it coming. Because eventually, even if I was to do this fucking nonsense every week, I would probably run out of people and then own last meals. So, here, I need your votes. <laughs> I need your attention. I need you to write to me with a bit of your character insight, you know, a bit of your childhood, a bit of what you are known for, hopefully not murder, please don't confess to me to murder and then expect me not to report you to the police, for fuck's sake. And then what your choice of last meal would be, and then let's judge you based on that, okay? Yeah, if, if your interviewer doesn't, I fucking will. So, if you want to see more of this, you know what to do, either podbam.gmail.com me or tweet me, or Instagram me, whatever the fuck you wanna do with your life. <laughs> you find me and tell me that a true crime top chef hit the spot, and that you want me to judge your last meal. And let's uh, discuss how it tells so much about who you truly are as a person. Also, you can always hit me up with what other questions I haven't answered in this episode that weren't like on my mind about last meals that you won't answer, and then I'm gonna, you know, do the little bit of Google research on it. As a prelude, 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 prelude. <laughs> and if this was the last minisode of this sort, thank you very much for listening and uh, helping me realize my fucking dream. Well, the four that came before the dream and truly the dumbest idea that has ever come out of my head. Watch this space, watch what's next. And if not, well then, I will see you here next time. Well, I won't see you, you won't see me. What's the point of life? <laughs> and until then, may your last meal always be as clear as your intentions are. Really, that's your outro. Oh god, don't cancel this podcast, please, please. Bye, fuckers. <laughs>